Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heat Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach, so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. How many know that when you lose your sight, then you start living off your feelings. When people are blind, they say that their other senses increase, their other things increase, their, their hearing increase, their touch increases, their, all their other senses increase to, to compensate for that blindness. Well, how many know that when we lose our sight, there's our feelings that will rise up to try to compensate for that loss of sight? Amen. But how many know that that's not how God wants us to operate? He doesn't want us to operate off our feelings. He don't want us to operate off of our emotions. He wants us to maintain our sight. Amen? Amen. Turn to your Bibles in Genesis chapter 27. That should be easy to find. The first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27, and I'm going to start at verse 18. Very familiar story. It says then, which means there's a lot of stuff that happened before that. We'll talk about the background in a minute. But verse 18 says, then he came to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Verse 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please, sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. Isaac said to his son, how is it that you, how is it that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. But the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. So he said, bring it to me and I will eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he bought it to him and he ate. He also bought him wine and drink. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. As I said, this is a very familiar story here. Basically, we have Isaac who is on his deathbed, so to speak, and he's getting ready to give over his blessing that is in a Jewish custom of the father to give a blessing to his sons, to pass over the birthright, to pass over the blessing to the sons. But we all know this story here where Jacob comes in with a trick, because that's his name, it means the trickster. And he comes in with a trick pretending that he is 
His brother, because his brother is the oldest son, and the oldest son always gets the blessing in the Jewish custom. He always gets the blessing. But to, for the lack of time, there is there's a, a, a transition that happens, a, a trick that happens where Jacob and his mother conspire together to take away the blessing from Esau and bestow it upon Jacob. But how many know that even in the story, Esau already had sold his birthright for a meal in the first place. So Jacob already technically, to a certain degree, had right to it because it was already given away. But that's not the point of the story. But we don't want to talk about how bad Jacob was right now. But we know that that was a trick that was going on. Amen? Amen. But I would like to look at it from the standpoint of Isaac. And how was it that Isaac was able to be tricked? How is it that we are able to be tricked? How is it that what we see is not often what we get? How is it that we are being tricked by the Jacobs of the world? How is it that we're being tricked by the enemy? How is it that we don't we don't, even though we're intending to do the right thing as Isaac was trying to do here, he was intending to do the right thing, but was doing it out of the wrong source. Why do I say that? Because Isaac had lost his sight. Isaac was blind at this time. So when Jacob came in, Jacob came in in disguise. He had on his brother's clothes and he had an animal hair on his arm because Esau was hairy. And so Isaac could not see who it was, but he could hear. And he said in the word, it says what? You, you don't sound like Esau. You, you sound like Jacob, but, but you feel like Esau. You smell, or even further down the scripture, in scripture, in, in verse uh, like, like uh, 28, 29 or so, it said, no, I mean 27, he says that he smelt him. So he, he, he he sounded like the hearing. He sounded like Jacob, but he felt like Esau and he smelled like Esau. But Isaac couldn't see anything. How is it that we get tricked? Because we've lost our sight. But what sight am I talking about? Our spiritual sight. And see, like Isaac, we can find ourselves in a situation where we have lost our sight of the things of God. We have lost our sight of the promises of God over our life. And now we find ourselves operating out of feelings. Now we're trying to touch things and, and, and operate off of what we feel like. I feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. I feel like this about this person. I feel like that about that person. We, we've lost sight of the things of God. We've lost sight of the promises of God. And now we're operating off of what we feel. We're operating off of our emotions. But how many know that emotions can be our downfall? Because emotions, 
eternal motion. That means that you're going back and forth in a constant motion, almost like the roller coasters in Six Flags, up and down, up and down. We've, we've even labeled it to be bipolar. I'm happy and sad both in the same day, sometime in the same minute. I'm, high, I'm on high, high top of the world one minute, and I'm lowering underneath the next minute. All emotions. If you catch me while I'm high, then everything is good. We can roll out. We best friends. But if you catch me while I'm low, I might cut you. <laughs> and that might happen in the same minute. Six, 30 seconds apart. You catch me these 30 seconds, I'm good. 30 seconds later, I ain't feeling right. Something ain't feeling right. But we find ourselves living with these feelings, living by these feelings, because what? We've lost sight. We've lost sight. See, feelings are unreliable. Why? Our emotions are unreliable. Why? Why? Because they constantly change. And why do they constantly change? Because they're not the truth. Catch that. They constantly change because they're not the truth. Now don't get me wrong. What you're feeling may be what you're feeling about that person. What you what you feeling right now may be what you're feeling. I'm tired. I'm disappointed. I'm I'm I'm, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm I'm the anguished. I'm depressed. I'm up. I'm down. I'm left. I'm right. What you're feeling might be might be your reality. But what I'm saying is not the truth. See, there's a difference between truth and reality. Truth never changes. Truth never moves. Truth is God. Truth is the word of God. Truth never changes. It's the same what? Forever, yesterday, tomorrow, whenever. The truth never changes. Our reality, which is what? Based off perception, changes. See, that's what people confuse about reality. Reality ain't even real. They showing you that with reality shows. They're not real. They scripted. And everything can change, what? Based off perception. However, they set the people up. They set this girl up with this woman over here. And they put a situation. They get together, put some alcohol in the mix. And now they cussing each other out and fighting. Flipping tables. All based off perception. Our feelings are unreliable because they're not the truth. Amen. Because, see, we can feel things very deeply at times. Like I said, we can be happy. We can be sad. Other times we can be so sad that we think we're never happy again. And we can be so happy that we never think we're going to be sad again. And then sometimes we don't feel nothing. We just, we just void of feelings. Like, I don't even want to feel nothing. But see, the whole thing, reason why feelings are very unreliable, just like they were unreliable to Isaac, because again, he heard one thing. He went by the hearing, and I want you to keep that in your mind, because he heard, and he knew. He's like, wait a minute. This ain't, this, you don't sound like Esau. I sent, I sent Esau to do something, but, but now I hear Jacob coming back. Something ain't right. And see, we know that based off our spiritual eye. Because even though he couldn't see physically, he could see mentally for that little minute. Because he said, something ain't right. I hear, I hear Jacob. But then he immediately did what? Went to his feelings. I feel Esau. And that's what we'll do. 
we will we'll be in a situation and we'll know that something ain't right. Something just ain't right about this situation, but but I I, I feel like it's okay. I feel like it's okay to, to go ahead and, and do it. Or we'll be in a situation where where the blessing is, is about to occur and, and and I don't feel like being here. And this this taking too much of my time. And, but at the same time, we know that that's what God has called us to be. But because it's not showing up fast enough, or because it's not happening fast enough, or because it ain't the person who we thought was supposed to bring it, because the blessing don't look like what we imagine it to be, we go off our feelings. This don't feel right. This don't look right. You, something ain't right about what's going on here. Feelings are unreliable, people. They are unreliable. Why are they unreliable? We say why? Because they change constantly. Because they're not the truth. But even more importantly, we don't know the source. Do you really know the source of your feelings? I mean, if we are really honest with ourselves, every feeling that comes through us, do we truly know the source, the origination of those feelings? And what do I mean by that? Do we know what we're feeling? Is it coming from God? Is it coming from us? Or is it coming from the enemy? Where is the true source of what we're feeling? See, even when we're feeling happy sometimes, is that coming from God? Because guess what? The enemy can bless you. The enemy can make you feel good. The enemy can make you make everything seem like it's all right. Why? Because he comes in what? She wolf, sheep clothing, even though he's a wolf. So he shows up. You happy because it's a sheep. You a sheep, he a sheep. So you're happy. That's, that's that feeling that has been originated. But what is the source of that feeling? Make it plain and simple. That man show up in your life. That job show up in your life, it make you feel happy, it make you feel good, but everything that it shows up with takes you away from God. So yeah, you feel happy, but you don't consider the source. That's why emotions are unreliable, because we don't know the source of our feelings. Turn to your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, because how many know that feelings will get you in trouble? It's a lot of times with feelings, I don't feel like doing this. I'm just keeping 100. And the way my stomach was feeling today, I definitely didn't feel like it today. Amen? But how many know that we have to go past our feelings? We got to push past our feelings because feelings is just based off our perception of our own reality, which is nothing but a perception itself. How do you perceive things? That's why Jesus said, turn the other cheek. If the enemy strikes you, turn the other cheek. And I know a lot of people look at that like, man, if the enemy hit me, I'm hitting them back. But what God is saying is change the perception of your reality. See, when you look in this way, you see this cheek. But now if I get struck this way and I'm, I don't know the source of what I'm feeling right now, I turn my other cheek. Now I'm looking this way. I no longer see what's behind me. I no longer see what I left. I no longer see what I've been through. I have turned the other cheek. I'm no longer looking at that way. I'm looking at this. My perception, therefore my reality has changed. 
and therefore my truth can change. Because now you're focusing on the truth. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, looking at verse 4, because we say we don't know the source of our feelings. And it says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What is he saying right there? He's saying that the, 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 the God of this world, which is the enemy, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that we might not see the light, so that they might not see the light. What am I saying right there? The God of this world will, will blind us. He will keep us blind, so therefore now we're walking around trying to feel our way through. We're walking around, we can't see and, and now we get spent a little bit, so now we dizzy and blind, and we're trying to feel our way through. And, and, and what it says right there, it says that so that it can keep us out of what? The light of Christ. Try to keep us out of the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. What is all that saying? The enemy will try to keep you blind so that it'll keep you out of the light of Christ, which is keeping you out of the word. Yeah. And the more you stay out of the word, the more blind you are. And that's all the enemy's trying to do. He'll rather you to focus on your situation than to focus on the word. Focus on that circumstance than to focus on that word. Because, see, he'll set up the situation. He'll set up the circumstance just like the reality show. We in one big old reality show, and we got the producer, the executive producer called Satan, and he's setting up all these scenarios and all these circumstances. And when we show up, he's waiting to see how we going to play out. Are we going to play out according to the script he wrote, or are we going to play out to the script that Christ wrote? The God of this world will blind us. But then God tells us to do what? Go to second, and stay in 2 Corinthians and go to chapter 10. Stay there and go to chapter 10. Because, see, we got to know what the source is. Second Corinthians chapter 10. The emotions and feelings are unreliable. See, we got to move away from, from operating on feelings. See, when you do feelings, feelings are how you cussing out the wrong person. Feelings are how you doing the wrong thing at the wrong time with the wrong people. Feelings are how you operating, you know, loosely with your money. Feelings, see, cause, cause feelings is all, feelings is everywhere. You know, some people what they they shop to 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 appease a feeling. I, I feel bad. Let me go in what they call retail therapy. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I feel I don't feel good. Let me just go to the let me go to the store. I even do it sometimes, but I've learned to to get my retail therapy because you just you just really want to just spend something to make you feel good. I go to Dollar Tree because <laughs> I know at least at least I'm a, a dollar. Maybe if they get you on a bad day, you know you're going to buy $10. But still, you're not going out and spending $100, $200 because you're trying to get retail therapy. Hopefully, I'm going to wean myself completely off, but but if, you, if you're still trying to do retail therapy, I, I prescribe Dollar Tree to you today. Amen? <laughs> but we hopefully, we're going to wean off to not even operating with the feelings when we feel bad, and if, and if we do need therapy, we turn to the Word of God. Amen? 
But you know, I keep it real. You know, we 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 are flesh and, and we succumb to our desires sometimes. But that's what God is saying. Consider the source of your desires, consider the source of your emotions, and they might not all be from me. You might even you might be thinking them up, or the enemy might be setting them up. And that's why he says right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. He says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought, every thought, not just some thoughts, every thought. That means the ones you're even thinking while you're sitting here in church, your Sunday thoughts. Come not all your Sunday thoughts are good thoughts, amen? Because I even, as I'm even up here, I have to fight off thoughts as I'm delivering the word. Amen. There's, there's a battle that goes on even when I'm delivering the word. I'm thinking about stuff, people moving around, commotion. I'm thinking about what's going on at the job. I'm thinking about a whole lot of stuff. But I have to always say, God, every thought has to be what? Held captive yes, yes. to the obedience of Christ. And my obedience is to deliver this word to his people. So I have to say, you know what? Get on the back burner thought. Hopefully it don't even come back. But for right now, you need to go over there and simmer. Because I got something that I'm trying to obey. I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to do what God has sent me to do. I'm trying to do what God has called me to do. So I got to hold every thought that tries to penetrate into my head. I got to hold that captive. Yes, yes. And what does captive mean? That means lock that thing up. That means bind that thing up. So you got to start binding some things in your life. It says you got to bind it. It says whatever you bind here on earth has already been bound in heaven. He says so you got to start binding some of those thoughts up. Start binding some of those feelings up. Yeah, God don't love me. He ain't blessing me like so and so. Bind that up in the name of Jesus. It ain't that God don't love you. It just ain't your time yet. Everything has a season and a time. Your time ain't there yet. He don't want you auditioning your blessing. He wants you to keep your blessing. He don't want it to last with you for a moment. You ain't ready for it yet. You can't handle it yet. He says, bind up those thoughts. Bind up the thought of discouragement. Bind up the thought of depression. Bind up the thought of confusion. Bind up that thought so that you can see what your obedient word is to God. Yeah, amen. amen. See, we got to understand that the feelings are not reliable. And see, when we allow ourselves to be guided by our feelings, then we turn away from God. And then we even find ourselves embracing things that will validate our feelings. That's how you get new age religion. That's how you get all this stuff, you know, people talk about, well, you know, I heard this word about God being a jealous God, and I, don't, I, don't, I didn't like that, so let me go over and gravitate to something over here that, that feels good. Paul talked about it in Timothy. Turn turn real quickly right there, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Because when we allow our lives to be guided by our feelings, we turn to God, we turn away from God. And we look for things that will that will bind that will bind and validate our feelings. Second Corinthians chapter I mean Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four. Starting in verse three, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So you will they their people won't endure the truth. But wanting to have their ears tickled. 
Wanting, wanting their feelings to be validated. See, when you want your ears to be tickled, that means that you want, you want your, you want to feel good. You want everything to feel right. You don't want to hear the truth. You want to hear what you want to hear. It says, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. That means you'll go find who's going to tickle your ear. You'll go to that person who's going to say what you want to hear. You're not going to come the way the truth is. You're going to go to where you want to hear what you want to hear is. To validate your feelings. I don't like so-and-so. Well, yeah, I don't like them either. Jobs, it happened all the time. When I used to dig, I worked from home now, so I, there's a lot of stuff I miss about working in the office, but there's a whole lot of stuff I don't miss. Like, at work, when things going on bad at work, it's real easy to get in a group around the water cooler, so to speak, and, and start talking about the job. This job, these people are always tripping. The boss is always doing it. And now all of a sudden, now everybody, and you got about three, four, five people, and everybody just sitting there. And it says in the word of God, where, where two or more gather in my, gather in my name, I am in the midst, right? Well, guess what? The enemy will operate the same way. Where two or more gather together in their feelings, then guess who show up? Guess who show up? He worked the same system as God. He worked the system better than we do. He know that if two or more show up, then there's an agreement. There's a covenant. So these two over here, they complaining and murmuring. They, they talking about the ball. They talking about the job. Let me show up. Let me show up in the midst. Yeah, now I'm going to bring somebody else in. And now I'm going to bring another person in. But see, they don't know that this person really down to hear what they saying so they can go back to the boss. So then next month, you wonder why you got the pink slip. That's how it works. Don't go by your feelings. And it says in verse 4, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Go by your feelings so much that you turn your ears away from the truth. That, that don't sound right. That's that, that word too hard. I can't I can't deal with that. I need to go over here and hear something that's gonna tickle my ear. Something that's gonna feel make me feel good. You're looking for Jesus entertainment through Jesus Incorporated. And that's not the word of God. Amen. Amen. And that's what happened with Isaac right here. Isaac was was led by the false words of his son. It tickled his ear. Because he said, is that you? And, and, and Jacob said, yeah, it, it's me. It's me. And see, that's what can happen a lot of times. We'll go by what sounds good, but it's not the truth of the word of God. It sounds good to, to, to go to this job. It sounds good what that man is saying in, in your ear. It sounds good what they promising you. All of it sounds good, but, but it's, it's twisted words. It's only to appease your feelings. And we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to go by our feelings. That's why it says in the word that we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. And the sight is what we see, what we feel, what we touch, all our senses. But now I know I hear somebody say, but, but we have feelings. Even Jesus had feelings. That's true. Jesus had feelings. Jesus wept. That means he felt sad. Jesus got mad. He flipped over tables. See, he was on a reality show before they was on a reality show. He flipping tables over. Jesus got upset at his disciples. Oh, ye of little faith. 
Don't y'all know y'all with me? So Jesus had feelings, even in the garden of Gethsemane, when he was getting ready to go to that cross, he had feelings. He was like, God, please take this cup away from me. Oh my God, do I have to do this? And ain't none of us had feelings so bad that we started to bleed out of our sweat glands. When you have them kind of feelings, then okay, I might validate your feelings. But until you bleed like that, then guess what? Your feelings are really, again, just false realities. And Jesus, even when he was having these feelings in this garden, what did he end up saying? Not my will, but your will. And see, that's what we got to speak to our feelings. Not what I feel right now, God. God, I don't feel like doing this. God, I don't, I'm not able in my own to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't want to do this. It's just plain truth. I don't, see, this is the thing that's so funny about us as Christians. When people come and they ask us to do things, we'll say, let me pray on it. Stop doing that. That's your feelings. Yes. You already know your answer is no. But you just say, I'm going to pray on it because that makes you feel good. That makes the person who leaving you feel good. Yeah, they say they're going to pray on it. Just say no. Make your word be your word. Don't put God all up in the mix of that when you already know from the very first, first time they ask you, you saying no. Well, let me pray on it. No. Let my will go away. Let your will be done. That's why he says, if you're going to pray to God, pray this way, what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it already is, what? In heaven. See, that's what it's all about. It's about, it's about keeping our eyes on the will of God. See, that's how we restore our vision. So we want, we're not walking around trying to fill things out. Keeping our eyes on the will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is nothing but the word of God. If you want to know his will, know his word. Amen. If you want to know what he wants, then know his word. We got to keep our sight. That's why it says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then what? All these things will be added to you. You ain't got to be filled. That's why it says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing. Well, how is it that we can be anxious for nothing? How is it that we cannot have all these emotions? Because in all things, what give thanksgiving and prayer and supplication, give thanksgiving. That means thank God for what already has been done. Keep your eyes on the finished work. Yeah. It's already been done. See, when Christ decided at the garden, He decided, you know what? Not my will, but your will. When He did that, guess what? That means that we can operate the same way because. The scripture said that we share in the same power as Christ. So when he gave up his will, we can give up our will. He already finished it. Like I was talking about earlier with the fish. The fish already in the pond. You just got to show up at the lake with your faith, which is your fishing pole, and you start reeling it in. The work has already been done. It's the finished work. We get caught up in feelings because we don't believe in the finished work. When Christ died on the cross, 
over 2,000 years ago, guess what he put to that cross? He put to you, he put your healing, he put your restoration, he put your finances, he put your relationships, he put everything that we need, he brought it all back in alignment with the will of God. So that's why we can look at the finished work and not operate in our emotions. But see, when we operate in our emotions, we need to know, guess what? I must have went blind somewhere. I have lost sight of something. I have lost sight. But see, good thing that God, Christ, didn't lose sight of what he was about to do. He didn't lose sight of what he had to do. He held every thought captive to the word of God. He held every, he brought down strongholds. He brought down imagination. God looked forward over 2,000 years and said, I know that Antonio going to be smoking weed like he's about to lose his mind, but yet I'm going to get on this cross anyway, because if I get on this cross, there'll be a day that he can get saved and delivered, and he can restore himself, and then he can release the word to my people. So God, I'll get on that cross, and I'll do the finished work so that he can have hold of it. Keep our eyes on the finished work. That's why it says, seek first. Not seek second, third, fourth, and fifth. Seek first. God is not our backup plan. God is not our co-pilot. He's our pilot. If God is your co-pilot, that's why your plane keep crashing. Seek first. That word seek. See knowledge. S-E-E-K. See the knowledge of God. See who God is. Turn quickly, real quick, to Romans chapter 14. I hope y'all are getting this. Because I know we started off the year about this being the year of provisions, and, and, and some of us may not have seen the provisions show up. But I would like to, to, to challenge that by saying the fact that you're still here, you've already been provided for. See, you just you looking at the wrong thing. You you trying to measure, you trying to measure your prosperity based off of your possessions and your material. But God says, measure it based off of your faith. Measure it based off your knowledge of who I am. When you prosper in your knowledge of me, then everything else will be taken care of. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 and verse starting in verse 16. Romans 14 starting in verse 16. It says, therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. Don't let the enemy speak against your promises. Don't let the enemy speak against what God has already told you. Don't let a good thing be spoken of as evil. The devil is a lie. And why? In verse 17 it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not what you feel. It's not what you can satisfy your flesh with. But it is the righteousness and the peace and the joy in the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's what it's all about. 
our righteousness. We can't get righteous. We are righteous. When you receive Christ in your life, you became righteous because of what he done to make it right on the cross. It ain't nothing you can do. Quit operating under the law. The law is made for your emotions and your, and your senses and your feelings. Because you feel good one day, you do everything right according to the command. But when you don't feel right, you're stepping all outside of it. But that's why God says, I came with grace. Not so that you can keep messing up, but, but so that you can get it right. So that you can come up under the righteousness of who I am. And when you come up under the righteousness, then what? As it says in verse 17, then you can have peace. Peace which transcends all understanding. You're not going to understand it. Why? Because your understanding comes from your feelings. You're not going to be able to feel this peace. This, this peace comes in your mind. This peace comes in your spirit. And then comes the joy. As the song say, a joy the world didn't give and the world can't what? Take it away. And all that comes through what? The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Keep our eyes on the, the finished word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And see, hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But see, if, if, it was, if hearing was just hearing, see, hearing can be a source of our feelings. Somebody say something wrong to you, now you get offended. But what's offended? Off-ended. Off-ended. Meaning when somebody say something wrong to you, now they're taking you off your end. They're taking you off your destination. They're taking you off your path. They're taking you off of your destiny. But just because of what they said, now you operate in your feeling. See, if faith came only by hearing, then we all should be having an insurmountable faith. It ain't just the hearing the word of God. It's the understanding of word of God. Turn to Matthew 13 real quick. And I'll show you there. Matthew chapter 13. I know we're doing a lot of scripture, but this is one of those that take scripture because that way you have something to stand on. When the enemy comes and tries to stir up your feelings, you can go back to the word of God and say, you know what? No, the word of God says that the word is the truth. And even though the earth may pass away, and the word of God will remain. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 13. Some people say 13 is an unlucky number, but here you go. This is a blessed one right here. It says, therefore, I speak to them in parables because while they seeing, while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. That's why God says, in all your getting, get understanding. See, because once you get understanding, you won't operate in your feelings. Once you understand how something works, once you understand how things are supposed to go, you don't operate in your feelings. When the God forbid if emergency had to happen in your life, but but the paramedics show up. Do paramedics show up operating in their feelings? They don't be like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Oh, this person about to die. I need you to help me. What you gonna do? How you gonna do? I don't know. If they show up like that, you would probably, even in your bad situation, be like, man, get away from me with all that. Why is it that they don't show up in their feelings? Because they show up with an understanding. They show up knowing. They show up understanding. If I do this, then I get this. If this person is having this, then I need to do that. If this is happening, then then They got an understanding. Yeah, they heard some things about what to do, but then they took it to another level and understood. 
And that's what God is saying. Don't just get hearing without understanding. Don't see without seeing. See, you can see things but still be blind. But see, we got to step to the truth of what God's word is. What is the truth of God's word? We got to take God at his word. We got to be like Abraham. When Abraham, when he told Abraham, leave your parents so that you can get your blessing. He took God at his word. When he told Noah, build a boat, even though it ain't rain because it's about to, he built a boat. Even though Moses didn't know what to do, he said, Moses, go leave my people out. Moses went and did it. Even Jesus took God at his word when he said, go die on this cross. And I promise you, I promise you through my word, because in my word, I said that the seed of this woman shall tread on the head of the serpent. How can that happen if I'm dead, God? That's because my promise is to raise you up. Take God at his word. Take God at his word. That's what will get us out of our feelings. Amen. Because as strong as fluctuating as our feelings are, what? God's word is truer than anything that we can ever feel. It's truer than anything that we can experience. It's truer than any circumstance that we'll face. Like I said in the beginning, what? The, your reality ain't even truth. Your reality ain't even a fact. It's your perception. What you see and what I see might be two different things. I can take this bottle of water and everybody in this room can describe it differently. Because of our perception of reality. But the truth is, what? That is wet. If I pour this water out on you, you get wet. That's the truth. And then even that still has room for perception because how wet is wet. Amen? But the truth of God's word, there is no perception. There is no, there is no no figuring it out. There's no interpretation. It is what it say it is. Now people say there's so many interpretations to the word of God. No, it's not. It's only one. What it said. Now there's multiple applications, but there's only one interpretation. And you'll learn that if you come to the class on how to study the Bible, June 19th. That's a little plug. <laughs> there's only one interpretation. Amen. Amen. And that's what we got to understand. No matter how we feel. Turn lastly right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Back to 2 Corinthians. I'm closing right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because I want us to operate with this, with this sight unseen. Operate not like Isaac where you know, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to bring blessings and build blessings, but we operating off of feelings. No, we end up blessing the wrong things in our life. We end up speaking the, over, the, over the wrong people in our life because we're trying to operate off of what we feel. Turn to, what I say, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at uh, verse 12. And it says, Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. God says, be confident in my word. Be bold in my promise. You ain't the one on the line. I'm the one on the line. Speak that thing like you know it. Do that thing like you know it. Understand that thing. Don't quiver. James talked talk about it. If you waver back and forth, you like a, you like a feather tossed in the wind, just going here and there. That's your emotions he's talking about. It says, be bold in our speech. In verse 13, and are not like Moses. Who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. See, there were some things that was fading away. 
But then in verse 14 it says, but their minds were hardened. For until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. What is all that saying? In verse 15 it'll tell you, but to this day, whenever Moses read, a veil lays over, lies over their heart. But whenever a person, here it is, turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What is all that saying right there? It's saying before, before you turn to the Lord, you got a veil. That means that you can't see. That means you're walking around with your feelings. But when you turn to Christ, when you really get in this word and you understand his promises and you understand what he's speaking over your life, then guess what? That veil gets lifted. Now your spiritual eyes are open. You're no longer blind. You're no longer walking by what you feel and what you're going by what other people feel. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? How do we apply this in closing? See, when you face with the temptation to act on your feelings, you got to pause for a moment. Just, just take a pause. Because our feelings are always coming up. That's why I say hold every thought captive. The only way you can capture something is to slow it down and stop it so that you can capture it. And then you got to realize that your standing in the Lord is the same as always. Your standing in God don't change. It don't change based off of how the weather is today. It don't change based off of how you feeling today. It don't change off of how bad or how good your day is. Your standing in God was decided when Christ got on the cross and it was confirmed when he got up out the grave. Yeah. Pause and remember that you can be angry, hurt, depressed, and have frantic feelings, but you don't have to obey them. You can act in your will in God's will, even when you don't feel like doing so. Why? Because of grace. It says that my grace is what? Sufficient. That means it'll get you through. Pause and say, if you follow your feelings, there will be consequences to the relationship with God. You will start turning away from God because you're turning to your feelings. When you see your temptation, act on your feelings, pause for a moment and say, what? I will follow God's word and will not give victory to my feelings. I will not give victory to my feelings. Don't wait till you feel right to get right. Don't wait till all the ducks are lined up in a row to get it right. Let's move away from the feelings today. Let's, let's, let's say today I'm deciding to walk away from my feelings. Now that doesn't mean that it's going to happen instantaneously. For some it can. But, but let's just try to hold some of the thoughts. You can't do every. Work with some until you get to every. Don't just let them all flood through your head. Let's, let's get better. Let's get greater. Let's get more than what we used to be yesterday. Amen? Because yeah. that's all the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to dangle these little feelings all over your little face and in all circumstances. To make us think that things are not working on our behalf. To make us think that God is, is not there. But I like how the word says that when the farmer plants the seed and he goes to bed, he doesn't know what's going on. I'm paraphrasing him. He says he don't even know what's going on. But when he comes up the next day, he starts to see the harvest, the fruit. 
God said the seeds that are planted in your life, the things that have been spoken of your life, that are the promises of God. He says, don't worry about the circumstances. Don't look at what you're going through right now. Don't go by your feelings right now. If you plant the seed, guess what? Seed time harvest. As long as the earth remains. If you plant the seed, guess what? That will be a harvest.